Hey everybody, Yislike here. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by A Thousand Dreams, a developing adult liberal arts curriculum that celebrates transgression in most of its forms. Currently, the curriculum is comprised of a daily blog, four weekly podcasts, weekly multimedia lectures, a book vlog, lots of extra content on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and a Patreon that includes exclusive content and early access to much of our regular content. You can access all of our content, including a link to our Patreon, from our central hub at a thousanddreams.org. Please send comments and questions about the curriculum to a thousanddreams.org at gmail.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hello, listeners. While this episode is mostly about our thoughts and feelings around pegging, before we get started, I do want to let you know that in this episode, we will be referencing consensual non-consent, which is a euphemism for consensual rape. And we will also be talking about rape fantasies. So if you don't want to hear us talking about consensual rape and rape fantasies today, please stop listening now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. We are Yislike and Lance Rockadopolis, and today we're going to be talking about pegging. So the definition of pegging is pretty basic. It is when a woman uses a strap-on dildo to anally penetrate a man. The term originates from a contest held by the sex-advised columnist and all-around great citizen, Dan Savage, who noticed that there was actually no specific term for a woman using a strap-on on a man, and this was in 2001. And so he asked his readers to come up with a variety of possibilities and vote on them, and pegging was the winner. I think it's great that Dan Savage is the one who came up with pegging, and he also came up with another great term, which is santorum. If you would like to know more about the origin of that word, go ahead and Google santorum, S-A-N-T-O-R-U-M, and see what comes up. When we think about pegging, most of us immediately think about femdom. It's one of those kinks that seems to be very much associated with femdom. Dr. Evan Goldstein, who is a psychotherapist specializing in helping gay folk, has a website called Future Method. And in one of his posts, he has a list of statistics about anal sex in general and pegging specifically. So according to the research that he found, 72.1% of Americans have tried anal sex, either as a top or a bottom. That seems like a pretty high number. 52.8 have used toys or fingers on themselves anally. 42% have received analingus. That seems pretty high. 16.7% have engaged in pegging. Though in this survey, 
strap on sex between two women is also considered pegging. 24.1% of gays and lesbians have tried pegging. 31.4% of bisexuals have tried pegging and 10.4% of straight people have tried pegging. So my first knowledge of pegging came from the HBO TV show, The Sopranos, and the character of Ralph Cifaretto, who was a, who was one of Tony's lackeys and who was into all kinds of kinky stuff. I think in one episode, Tony's former Guma, his mistress was, had called him up and was complaining to him about how weird Ralph was sexually and giving a lot of details about the kind of thing he liked. And then later on, uh, Ralph ends up with, with Tony's sister, Janice, and there's a pretty iconic strap on scene for that. Oh, nice. So before we get started on the main content of this episode, I just want to remind you that this podcast is not about providing information about safety and technique. However, we do want to strongly encourage you to definitely get a how-to book on pegging and make sure that you are safe and doing it correctly. So our first question for this discussion is, what is the relationship between pegging and dominance and submission? One of the first how-to kinky books that I ever read was actually about pegging. I got the book because my first slave was very, very excited about the idea of being pegged. He'd never been pegged. And in the book, the author repeatedly stated that pegging and penetration in general should never, ever be about power or domination. And I was a little surprised by that assertion, but I kind of bought it because for me, PIV, penis and vagina sex, had never been about domination or wanting to be dominated. But since I started being the perpetrator, uh, I mean the penetrator, <laughs> no man I've ever pegged has ever not wanted it to be about domination. And that did make me wonder um, if the men I did have vanilla PIV sex with over the years actually felt like they were dominating me. And that's still a disturbing thought. Regardless, uh, should pegging be about domination or not? And actually, the word should itself is the tip off to the problem with the question itself. I have an old friend from high school who is a relationship therapist and an HIV prevention specialist in New York. And he wrote a book called Absolutely Shouldless, The Secret to Living the Stress-Free Life You Deserve. And it basically explains that should is a meaningless word with the sole purpose of shaming and controlling people. And it's a good idea to stay away from it. So maybe penetrative sex is about dominance and maybe it isn't, but should ain't got nothing to do with it. The fact is that I never felt dominated while having PIV sex. Sometimes I felt like an idiot, especially when I was faking pleasure, but I never felt like I wasn't in control of myself or the situation. And that maybe that was part of the problem. Maybe that's why I wasn't enjoying that much because I just wasn't ever in the mood to submit while 
to submit during PIV sex. But anyway, when I first started pegging and the men that I was pegging said that they felt dominated, that was the first time it occurred to me that maybe the man I had had vanilla intercourse with had felt that way all along. And it, it didn't necessarily bother me at the time, but it was just such a novel thought. So, Lance, what do you like about pegging? Yeah, the whole question of should or shouldn't really isn't in in my thought process. It very much is about power. And, and I'm talking specifically about the pegging because I also don't consider penis and vagina sex dominance and submission or any kind of power related to it. But sometimes it can be. That that's that's what's confusing about it. What I like about Wait a minute. Pegging, so you, hold on. So you're saying that you as a penetrator with your penis into a vagina do feel like you're being dominant during penetrative sex. It PIV depends sex. on the partner. If that's what she likes, I like being a service <laughs> person. Dominator, a service yeah. dominant. Yeah. yeah. I've had sex sexual partners that do enjoy that aspect How of of sex. How could you tell that they did? Like, what were the signs? It, it all depended on the mood, whether I was in the mood, whether she was in the mood. The signs were definitely there. Um, they act meekly, I would say. I, I, don't know. Oh, really? I, don't, I don't I don't know how to describe it. but See, I was doing it wrong all along. Yeah, to, to me, what you said earlier about faking it, that seems like you weren't enjoying it because you didn't you felt like you weren't being authentic and that's probably what the problem was for you I'm, I'm just speculating could that be the case i think there were probably several problems but we will probably go into that a little bit later yeah what i like about pegging like i said it, it is very much about the power and the power exchange i should say I like to take on the passive role as the receiver and being controlled. There's a part of it that is very loving and caring and you wanting it to make me feel good. And I appreciate that, but it's, it's, it's a complicated thing because there's definitely more preparation needed than just regular penis and vagina sex. There's this whole lengthy cleanup routine that I do. I've got a special nozzle um, that I use to wash myself out. I actually do these crossbody knee bends and squats to make sure that the water's getting in the right places. And um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big, lengthy process. And, and to me, there's definitely a feminine aspect of wanting to be clean for my master and wanting to please you and not have something unpleasant <laughs> show up in the middle of our little session. Interesting that pleasing me sexually makes you feel feminine. It does. There's also a correlation between the anal sex positions and my level of power exchange and humiliation and submission. I find that the way we normally do it, which is basically doggy style to be the least humiliating for me, it's most the most natural position. I have some degree of control. I can arch my back and get the deepest amount of penetration. 
And I'm basically focusing solely on the sensations that you are providing. On my back, it's much more intimate. I'm looking up at you. Basically, it's more humiliating because my legs are up in the air. It makes me feel vulnerable and sexually wanton with my legs up in the air. And my penis and balls are easily accessible for whatever you have in mind. We've also tried it with me bending over and basically when we're standing up, that's much more physically demanding. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ways of doing it. Any standing up is going to yeah, be in my, how I'm going to get the most fun and sensation out of it. Yeah, in my research, I saw a variant of that where the Peggy has their hands held by the pegger. <laughs> basically, you're grabbing my wrists. The most humiliating and and we don't do this very much, but cowgirl or cowboy in my case, reverse or otherwise, basically gives me the most control, but it's the most humiliating because I'm required to use my own energy to show basically what a slut I am. And it's also very vulnerable because my cock and balls are accessible. Positions that we haven't tried or try too often, uh, basically on the side, uh, spooning. I've fantasized about us sleeping together. And while I'm sleeping, you basically shove the dildo up my ass. It basically goes into my rape fantasy. Another one that comes to mind is um, the pile driver. And it's pretty physically demanding. Basically me doubled over and you just pegging me from the top. Okay. So what do I like about pegging? And it's a, also a complex question for me, but with a very different set of answers. I think the thing that I appreciate most about pegging, to be honest, is that more than any other kink or kinky relationship that I've tried, pegging has really taught me the difference between fantasy and reality. I do get a little bit of physical pleasure out of pegging. So when like the base of the strap on is touching me in certain parts of my body, I do get some pleasure with that. And I can position myself while I'm pegging in different ways to maximize that pleasure. One thing that I've noticed over the years is that the more I peg and the more often I peg, the more I really, really want to have a real penis. And it's almost like I have a penis that's not there. <laughs> like I, I also want to have a vagina, but there's something about pegging that makes me kind of upset that I don't have a real penis and it's, it's not a real penis. And the reality is that I'm not feeling all that much when I am pegging someone. And what this has to do with fantasy is that um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you may have heard once or twice me talking about that up until 10 years or so ago, all of my sex life was really fantasy. Um, I certainly was having sex, but it wasn't anything that was doing anything for me. And my fantasies were definitely kinky, sadistic, dominant, master-slave types of fantasies. 
And in none of my fantasies was I ever using a strap-on. Just like in none of my fantasies did I ever ask for consent or negotiate a scene. If I was having penetrative fantasies, and I did quite a bit, in the fantasy I was either a woman who just happened to grow a penis at that moment in the fantasy, or a man. And so, you know, I was really excited about pegging when I, when I started to actually practice kink in, in the real world. And I guess part of my brain just didn't make the very obvious connection that there, there really was not going to be any nerve endings in that piece of silicon that I bought. You know, we sort of just want to live in a fantasy world in a lot of different ways. Yeah, pegging is not, it's not like how I experienced penetrative sex in my fantasy life. And also, you know, there's really nothing actually violent about pegging. I'm glad that Lance feels dominated when I peg him, probably to, to varying degrees at different times that we peg. But it actually doesn't feel anything like consensual non-consent or anything like how evil I was in my fantasies. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of missing too. It's, you know, it's very, very safe and it's very, very controlled. But the reality of pegging for me, what were you going to say? I just have a question about your fantasies about how violent they get. What specifically is happening? <laughs> I'm not trying right. to, to, sure to, you are. to say that. You are trying to, to. Say that I'm... You are trying to. <laughs> Yes, and I'm not going to detail my fantasies on the episode. Sorry. Sorry oh. to you. Sorry to whoever else is disappointed. Not going to happen. But anyway, in addition to the sort of minor degree of pleasure that I get out of it, the fact that I know that Lance is feeling submissive and dominated by the pegging is something that I enjoy. So even though most of the action is happening to him. And, and this really does go for just all, all the kinds of sadism and domination, especially for women who don't have penises. You know, it's not like I'm a daddy dom who can just, you know, fuck his baby girl anytime he feels like it. I don't have a penis. But, but the fact that the pegging does play a role in the maintenance and development of our power exchange relationship. And I think we can get a lot closer to the power exchange parts of my fantasies, which usually involved me being a warrior queen and taking over neighboring kingdoms and raping and torturing villagers. See now, Lance, you got me to say it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not, not going to ever be doing that. But I can create something like my own little kingdom. And in fact, we are working very assiduously on that on a regular basis these days. So there definitely is some crossover with the fantasies with the power exchange itself. Yeah, it's just like the conquerors raping and pillaging. I'd like to acknowledge that some of her victims, myself included, would be definitely willing participants i'm not saying that uh, 
it probably sounds bad or <laughs> it does um, sound bad it's yeah it, it's kind of dismissive of rape victims that because there's have... a difference between fantasy and reality and there's right. a difference between consensual non-consent so-called consensual non-consent yeah but and non-consent they aren't the same yeah but um i just like to acknowledge that rape fantasies are a real thing that but they don't actually want to experience the real thing, but just like to acknowledge it, it, it is a real thing. And that rape <laughs> me, is a real thing? Yeah, I think well, no, no. That. I'm talking about the fantasies of rape and me feeling uncomfortable trying to explain this, I guess, is go, goes to the notion that it is a very transgressive topic. So what you're saying is that you fantasize being raped. You yes. fantasize about being raped. That's all you have to say. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, so the last question that we have for ourselves with regard to pegging is what's so interesting about anal orgasms? So when we first started going out and also me with, with a couple of previous partners, my partners and I were really trying to get him to have an anal orgasm. Right. And we had have heard from people, I've heard from people online and in person who say that they, after lots of practice, were able to have anal orgasms without any stimulation of the penis or the balls or any other part of the body. And for the first couple years of our relationship, really, we were really trying to do that. And you would practice it by yourself with your fucking machine and various other toys and it hasn't happened, right? Yeah, unfortunately. I, I'm very interested in anal orgasm by prostate um, because it opens up a new possibilities for me being controlled. Yeah. So, something and we can about, stimulate your prostate, but not, not, to, not to orgasm. Right. But, but something right? about yeah. the combination of chastity and pegging makes it super hot. <laughs> it's like removing the right to my own body. There's this right. notion that my body is for your use and your pleasure only that if I get mm -hmm. pleasure, it's only incidental. Yeah. And for me, I remember talking a lot about, you know, how we needed to de-emphasize the phallus and it, I guess it was a kind, like a kind of a feminization that penetrating you would be the only way that you would ever orgasm. Mm -hmm. And so we'd better get that prostate stimulation technique down because I wanted you to just experience sex as from a feminine perspective. Right. right? To be totally reliant on you for my pleasure. That's one of the biggest thrills that I, I can think of. And then, like, I completely forgot about all of that up until about two days ago when I was thinking about this podcast. <laughs> I just, like, remembered, oh, yeah, like, pegging is also about the prostate, isn't it? After years of you mm -hmm. focusing on the prostate and the anal orgasm, it just, like, stopped being interesting to me. It might be because feminization stopped being interesting to me, or it might just be because I, st I, I have control of your sexuality mm -hmm. you've given that to me already you're mm -hmm. in the cage the vast majority of the time you can't do anything without my permission sexually 
So that's that's already there. It, it just seems like maybe from your perspective, you just want to be reminded of that in a whole myriad of ways. Indeed. Right? Is that possible? <laughs> right. And because it makes you feel good to be reminded right. of my control of sexual control and other types of control just makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? <laughs> totally. Completely. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there are ways that me having control over you really makes me feel good, too. And I think a lot of that has to do with you actively handing the control over to me over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the part that is really meaningful to me. And I also know that doing the physical stuff to you is going to make you want to hand it over to me more and more. Right. So it really, for me, is about like a hundred percent about the dominance and the submission. What, what do you think of men being objecting to it? Like their homophobic views, their traditional I think who cares views on about sex? that? Who cares about them? They're assholes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, homophobic, uh, toxically masculine assholes are a dime a dozen i mean there's nothing new about that there's nothing novel about that but it's basically That's a challenge it's basically a challenge to their worldview and that transgression is also attractive to me as well well are you going to peg them I mean, I'm glad that you like that idea. And that's, that's, that would be kind of a forced uh, buy thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, kind of. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm hesitating because I had problems. I mean, what getting... do you want me to do? Rape an alpha male? Rape a, <laughs> rape a redneck, um, misogynistic manosphere dude? No, <laughs> but to openly talk about it in front of them, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, we've done that at munches, not with vanilla men around, but with male doms, actually. We've, and also chastity. There yeah, was we, the, you mentioned that yeah. about the chastity. Yeah. I was there with a polyandry prospect, and there was a real domly dom, uber dom type there who was bragging about giving a woman an orgasm that literally blew her head off. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know. That's and what blew my mind was that some of those doms never even heard of male chastity. Right. And there were two other dominant men at that end of the table who were extremely cool. They were friendly with the big guy, mm -hmm. but they did not have any kind of thing to prove or any axe to grind. And apparently they had never heard about male chastity at all. And I just started explaining it to them. And they're like, you're kidding me. Mm. I had no idea. And they were fascinated with the idea, not for them necessarily, but they were like, you know, my cohort, they were like my colleagues. And the, the big guy at the end of the table was just sitting there with like his eyes glazed over, staring at me with this unbelievable tight smile on his face. Like his expression never changed. <laughs> totally uncomfortable. Toothless, <laughs> tight-lipped smile with this like glazed look on his, <laughs> in his eyes. So everybody's different. Um, so I would have loved to have been there to see that. <laughs> I guess yeah, well, that... we should go to that much more often. <laughs> Is there such a thing yeah. as a uh, kink that focuses on transgressing the traditional views of sex? <laughs> well, that's interesting because 
Hmm. Because that might have something to do with our next episode, which is going to be about what I call the social justice fetish, which may be a fetish that only I have, but I doubt it based on a variety of different types of evidence. Yeah, in that situation, I think you could count me in on that one as well. On doing what? Fucking him? Or... <laughs> no, the, the, the social justice expanding people's minds oh my god you don't give a shit about social justice <laughs> you're a conservative <laughs> yeah but I, i've spent so much time around you you're having a bad influence on me so anyway that is our episode for today and for our next episode we will be talking about the social justice fetish which is really about a sexual fetish not just an episode about social justice warriors and uh, thank you very much for joining us and have a great week <laughs>